0: This is Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Come on, let's all go to the lobby. Because people are staring at us listening to these shows while we're in the theater. The following audio drama is
1: rated PG for parental guidance recommended. How do
0: I... I'll oh, skip
2: ahead a bit. No, I can't skip ahead. All, all right, everybody. Into the time machine.
1: Hey, what's Wait a minute. No, 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 no. You don't understand how radio works. All
3: I have to do to return this is fade my voice
1: out like this and cue the organist. And you see, here we are. Wait a minute.
4: 63 Audio presents the Old Time Radio Essentials Podcast.
0: Greetings, all who gather here, and welcome back to Season 3 of Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, and... Even if it ain't, I must inform you that this is episode 28, also known as our first episode of 2022, also known as the third ep of three, uh, <laughs> the third ep of three. My name is Pete.
4: <laughs> this is Paul.
0: And I am Dave. <laughs> so I hope you both had a terrific Christmas. And how's your New Year shaping up so far?
4: I, I had... I had an amazing Christmas. At the at the last minute, the, the, the Omicron hit hard here in Chicago and all of my holiday plans fell through. And at the urging of my girlfriend, she pointed out, you know, Dave, you have a car, you can go places for Christmas if you want to. <laughs> and so I reached out to a cousin I hadn't seen in like a decade. And said, I know it's like three days to Christmas, but you got room for one more? Okay. And they said, Yeah, oh my God, yes. Nice. And so I drove out to Walworth, New York, had my first big family Christmas I've had in literally years. I, I can't remember the last time I had so much fun at a Christmas gathering. It Where was, was just it you went? Phenomenal. Uh, it ended up being in Walworth, New York, so about a okay. nine and a half hour drive. Wow. <laughs> Well, I'm getting good at that stuff because I did that big road trip last summer. Yeah, I'm getting good at the road tripping, so it wasn't that bad. But man, they had oh. all the traditions. We did the 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 uh, uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" and Home Alone, and all the Christmas shows were run twenty four seven, and it was just a blast. I had a I had a great time.
0: Excellent, excellent. How about you, Paul? What's what's your New Year's looking like?
1: Um. So far, not too bad, which is pretty good for me. <laughs> Flat um, to do up for, <laughs> for Christmas. No, Christmas was a blast. We had uh, our youngest one and his spouse up here, and I love hanging out with those two guys. They're they're fun, and my son has got just like the greatest wit in the world, which I would love to say that he got it from me. But he probably Clearly, thats not the case. But um, but no, we just love hanging out and we're we're watching you know the Christmas movies and all that. And we had to start off, you know, we start off the Christmas season on Thanksgiving. After we get done eating Thanksgiving, we cut, kick in uh, to Christmas by sitting down and watching the Muppets Christmas Carol.
4: Oh, okay, oh, Christ. and we do all the songs with we do Michael Caine. All- <laughs> yes, Caine, who played the whole role straight. He's surrounded by puppets and he's playing his role (laughs) straight. It's like, dude, that's, that's a ballsy choice. And yeah, it was, so that's
1: how we do it. And the thing that's hilarious is that my son-in-law hated it. He wouldn't, he would have nothing to do with it, but for some reason over the last few years, he slowly got infected by it to where he's like the (laughs) band leader just about when we, when we start playing it now. Wow. I was like, Hey, what are we going to do with the Muppet Christmas Carol? So calm down, calm down. So uh yeah, and then everything went well for Christmas. Um infected by Muppets. That's that's unusual. <laughs> they were picking on me. Because okay, Pete, you tell me how many times have I ever had a problem with my computer and getting online and having our meetings and everything. I don't remember you ever having a problem with it. Thank you. My <laughs> computer's over sixteen years old. <laughs> Woo. And I don't have a problem with the thing, but those guys it's sixteen years old.
4: So they that's three hundred. That's three hundred and twenty-five in human years. Holy crap!
1: <laughs> My son-in-law had this gaming computer that he built a few years ago. Well, he updated the whole thing and gave it to me. So I've got like four terabyte of hard drive space. Wow. on just one of the hard drives. I got the operating systems on a solid state drive. Wow. I've got a four gig uh, graphics board on here and everything. It's it's hey. it's, it's water cooled. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Damn.
1: Yeah. That's why I have I feel, enough computing man. power to give me this blurry background. <laughs> I love it.
0: You can't see this at home folks, but uh Paul is completely blurred behind him which is really really good because for years we've been looking at this kind of an ugly workroom that
4: he's these <laughs> that he's podcasting that from. Thing? It's just blurred. So, it's, so right, what yeah. the hell? it's got that Vaseline on the lens effect. It's, 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 you know, <laughs> very, very, very sexy
1: right in the middle where I'm at. That's right. Okay. That's now right. You can see me, so, but now everything was going pretty good. And then, but you know, 2021 will have been such a sucky year overall with the whole COVID and everything had to get in one more shot across the bow before it went. And that is, I was off the week between Christmas and thing, and uh, New Year's, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. No one's going to be here. I get to relax, enjoy myself, do whatever, get up the first morning, go to make some breakfast, and I go, Yeah, the refrigerator doesn't feel as cold as it should. Oh, no. So, yeah, and Uh-oh. so then by lunch, I'm like, oh, it definitely isn't as cold as it should be. And so then the rest of the week was me looking for a new refrigerator because I
0: got a service call, and the guy goes, out oh, your compressor's dead. It's probably oh, more yeah. more expensive to fix it than it is to buy a new one.
3: Mm,
1: no, but it's fairly close,
0: actually.
4: <laughs> so I was like out, close enough to go out and buy a new one. At least it's wintertime, you can take all the food outside and just leave just it on the back. Put it in board. the snow, right?
1: <laughs> is because just before New Year's and all that, it was still nice out. It was still in you know, like in the forties and that. It wasn't cold enough in our garage <laughs> to keep the food so it's like okay so i'm having to figure out stuff to keep all this shit alive until i get my hands on a new refrigerator and got it up to speed so but it's all taken care of it's good i am eating cold food again
4: yay (laughs) life is good
0: well glad
1: to hear that
4: what about you pete what was your what was your christmas new year's my
0: christmas was fantastic my mother-in-law came in from arizona she's a wonderful lady she's very very sweet very generous she she's I just Does love Does she listen to... to
4: the podcast? Is that why you're saying all these things?
0: Well, I'm saying all these things because I don't <laughs> think she listens to this one, but every Christmas I give her a uh, a memory stick. A usb drive of all of the productions that i put together in the previous year and she listens to them and she she gives me feedback which is really she, she nice she tells you she listens that, that more is, than my mother does you know that so, <laughs> is very I, sweet so and, and i know my mother doesn't listen to this one so i, I can say anything i oh. want really <clears <clears throat> although throat> i love <throat> my mother but my mother-in-law is really the one who Pays attention and gives feedback and really shows an interest in what That's I'm doing. Awesome.
3: So it's very, it's cool. really
0: nice. Um, no, she drove in um, from Arizona, but going back, my my wife went back with her, drove back to Arizona with her, spent a week with her, and then flew back. It was nice, um, excellent to uh, have her do that so that she they could spend some time together. It was really nice. Yeah, and then Keith yeah. and I, my son and I, were um, um, here. By ourselves, batch, bachelor uh, pad, you know, for a week, <laughs> which was nice. I got a lot of work done on on different shows that I was working on and things like that. Um, and then uh, New Year's was nice. Uh, the New Year so far is working well. I've got, holy cow, I'm looking at the next year. I've got the whole year mapped out for audio dramas, and wow, um, um, wow. and things like that. So. Um, just some wonderful plans for the upcoming year. Really nice uh, stuff we're going to do. Um, Outstanding. Uh, well, you guys are part of it, aren't you? You're going to be in my yeah. my new production of Queen of Blood. Which yeah. Is, um, an audio uh, audio adaptation of an old science fiction movie that uh, is going <laughs> to come out in March. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to start episode uh, season two of Adventures of the Federated Tech, the Dashiell Hammett series. And uh, we'll have charade, the movie with Cary Grant. That's a new adaptation that I've written. All kinds of stuff. So Sonic Summerstock. I got, I got a, a you know, I've got all these uh, picture frames uh, on the wall here, and, and I can't see the pictures anymore because I have notes taped to them
3: <laughs> of all the
0: productions I have to take care of, <laughs> all of all, all the plans I have, so so I can see at a glance what I'm doing in in 2022. Um on top of that yeah, we had a terrific <laughs> we had a terrific production of It's a Wonderful Life and I told you I talked about that last month but yeah. uh we're already invited back for 2022 from the theater and um it's just a wonderful feeling to know that um um people out there are listening and coming to see the shows and, and, and
4: enjoying been,
0: them uh, and, and enjoying them I, well i hope yeah. they're enjoying them they didn't say that they didn't enjoy them but you know they might have just they, they been were, i they, don't
4: think they'd ask you back if they didn't they were just being nice yeah <laughs> well sure. that, yeah, that
1: guy
0: it. sucked but he sucked less than the other ones
4: yeah that's it back. that's it <laughs>
0: We've had some pretty crappy productions in this theater, but this one wasn't so
4: bad. This <laughs> was less crappy. There <laughs> we go. It, it didn't smell we all aspire that to that, much. right? You are less we all aspire than to
0: being less crappy. <laughs> we do. We do.
4: Speaking of which... Let's talk about the purpose of our show, Dave. I would love to wax Rhapsodic on that very topic. Gee, won't you please? You? I would love to. The purpose of our show, as preluded by our host, Pete. Uh, is to present specific episodes of our favorite old-time radio series, episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series or as one of those quotable episodes that fans of old radio like to discuss either in person or on social media, as is our want.
1: We'll open each episode by introducing the selection, describing it briefly, and then we'll play it for you. Then we'll come back at the end and discuss it at length. Each of us giving his opinion on its merits, its performances, or anything
0: that stands out for us. (laughs) Thank you. And and that's... We're laughing because of what you're going to hear in a minute. Uh, but that's exactly <laughs> what we're presenting to you. Just our opinions on whether or not it's representative of that series or if it's worthy of a place in every old-time radio aficionado's personal collection. You don't have to agree with us. and In fact, we may not agree with each other, but we do hope you'll enjoy what we bring to the table and come back for more.
4: Now. Each of us take a turn selecting a show for discussion. Um, we observed the holidays uh, last episode with my pick, an episode called The Plot Moitis Sanity Clause from the Rocky <laughs> Fortune series, in case you missed it. It was awesome. Uh, this month, we wanted to start off the new year of 2022 with something wonderful, something truly spectacular. Unfortunately, we can't do that. So we turn instead to Paul... Um, uh, Paul, what do you have for us, buddy?
1: Well, I looked at it this way. <laughs> Start bringing this in off the high now with that Shakespeare stuff. And I just needed to get the taste of that out of my ears. <laughs> now, Rocky Fortune was great, but I think we could do a little better on the humor department. So, I actually picked an episode of a very early show called Gangbusters, which used to be called G-Men for about a year. Then they changed it over to Gangbusters. And it was kind of like a precursor to Dragnet, you know, where they were using actual uh, crime stories, you know, but they were, according to the FBI, they were closed case files. So that way they didn't have to worry about giving away anything or stuff, I guess. And so... It went on for 20 years. It was a really interesting show, eh, kind of. Uh, <laughs> calm down, Dave. And so <laughs> I figured, you know what? We need to make this funny. I want to make funny. So I was looking through their episodes, and I went, oh, God, I found funny. <laughs> so tonight is the episode uh, having to do with Harry Red Beaver. Yes, yes, you heard me.
0: Dairy, bread, beaver.
3: Kids, you're going to want to leave
4: the room. <laughs> the leave context, this to mom and dad. <laughs> we, 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 we don't have to put an explicit tag on this uh, because of context, only because of context, although the commentary it elicits may lead to an explicit context. We're going to go straight into I'm gonna, fourth I'm gonna, I'm grade I'm mode.
1: I'm <laughs> Darn right. And this will probably be our highest-rated episode,
0: because <laughs>
4: everybody wants to know. <laughs> tell us all about the case of Harry Red Beaver. Well, we don't have to tell him. We're going to listen to
0: it in a minute here. All right. <laughs> okay. So well, that. Go uh, ahead, uh, Dave. <laughs> we're going to let your imagination sort of run wild for a second uh, but we'll bring it we'll bring it in we'll bring it in uh, do, do, uh, do,
3: do, do, do. I'm trying, to, do, 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 I'm trying do, do, to find
0: my words
4: words. <laughs> words fail you know, in the faces he doesn't of this. know
1: what to do to follow
0: up harry red beaver so Stick and so face. without further delay we present the case of Harry Red Beaver, first aired September fifteenth, nineteen forty-five, on ABC Radio Network from the series Gangbusters.
4: And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency. Get comfortable and listen now.
5: And now, in cooperation with police and federal law enforcement departments throughout the United States,
6: Waterman's Pens and Waterman's Ink present Gangbusters. foxholes of Europe from the steaming jungle swamps of the Pacific, our men are now coming home to a new America. A wave of crime has followed every war, and we must not allow lawbreakers to tear down here at home the very ideals that our men have fought to preserve.
5: Tonight, gangbusters presents the authentic inside facts concerning a killer who felt he was even too tough for the army.
6: And so, Louis J. Valentine, who has just resigned as commissioner of the largest police department in the world, takes over to interview by proxy Chief A.S. Harper, Chief of Police of Amarillo, Texas. Commissioner Valentine.
2: Chief Harper, I believe that one of the surest ways to combat crime is to expose it. Now, we would like to have you rip this case wide open
5: tonight. Well, Commissioner Valentine... I'd like to start back in October, 1942, at 10.30 in the evening. A small-time gangster, Doc Rickett, was sitting with his girlfriend in a fashionable Cincinnati nightclub.
7: You're a snappy-looking number tonight, Cora.
8: You like this dress, huh?
7: Yeah, fits you like a glove. You're the... Hey, what are you staring at? Huh? What are you staring at? It's
8: a big red-headed man over there. Any objections?
7: Plenty. You're my girlfriend.
8: <laughs> the redhead doesn't think so. He's smiling.
7: Why, that's... Hey. Don't pay any attention to him, Cora. Why not? That's Red Beaver.
8: Red Beaver?
7: He's dynamite. The FBI and Secret Service have sent out coast-to-coast alarms. Beaver's a deserter from the Army. He's the quickest trigger man I know of. He only pulls the biggest jobs there are.
8: Thanks, Rickett. I thought he was interesting. Now, I'm sure.
7: Now nah, you've done it. He's coming over. You cross him and you get a bullet through your head.
8: And you thought you were a big shot. i bet there are a million girls who wish they were in my place right now. He's sharp.
7: Hello, pretty legs. How about a little dance? Lay off, Beaver. She's my girl. So you know who I am, Hurricane? reckon? Sure, I I spotted your red hair. I'm no Sunday school teacher myself. I blow around. How'd you know my name? When I spotted good-looking here, I asked a few questions about who she was with. What's your take, sugar?
8: Cora. Cora Weston.
7: Hmm. You've got what it takes, Cora. Move over, I'll sit down. I told you, Pever, Cora is my girl. Sure, sure, I had you. You know, Rickard, I think I could use you. Maybe put you up in a big dough. Yeah? Yeah, I could use a smart guy right now in my business. What kind of business, Beaver? <laughs> the entertainment business. Yeah? Sure, I like to entertain. Let's see, we'll uh, start with a little Halloween party.
8: A Halloween party? Where?
7: In the Avondale branch of the Second National Bank. Oh, I get it. Uh huh. <laughs> Halloween. You know, sweep the bank clean with the witch's broom. Suppose you take a walk for a couple of minutes, Rickard. I I want a little board of directors meeting here with Cora. Well, I Graham. Okay. Okay, I'll uh, I'll get a drink at the bar, and then I'll be back. <laughs> smooth, honey. You're plenty smooth.
8: You're kinda sugar-coated yourself, Beaver.
7: <laughs> Believe in holidays, Cora?
8: I guess so. Why?
7: Today's Columbus Day. Remember, Columbus discovered America and moved in. So So I'm taking a tip from him. I just discovered you, so I'm gonna do like him. Move in. apartment, you plan to me.
8: Want me to fix your cocktail, Beaver?
7: <laughs> After two weeks, you have to ask me. I'll answer. I oh, know, I'll do the answer. Hello? Oh, uh, is that you, Beaver? Sure, it's me. Well, uh, I haven't got anything to do. Uh, suppose I drop up, huh? No. Cora is my girlfriend now, Richard. Oh, uh, get your surprise package? Yeah, yeah. But a clown suit and a cowboy suit. What's the gag? Tomorrow's Halloween. You dress up fancy on Halloween, don't you? You ought to wear the clown suit, see? <laughs> Good gag, huh? Oh. Besides, the clientele at the bank will have a tough time describing a clown and a cowboy. I get it. Work with me a while, Rickett, and you'll learn things. <laughs>
5: by two men in Halloween costumes. One dressed as a cowboy, one as a clown. Approach with caution. These men are heavily armed. That's all.
7: Well, Agent Hurley, we put that warning on every teletype through the stage.
5: We at the FBI appreciate your cooperation, Captain Morse.
7: The bandit's stunt of dressing in Halloween costumes was a touch of genius. Nobody can seem to identify them. But I've always noticed that when a man gets money easily, he spends it easily. So as just one possible trap, I sent out an alert to nightclubs, bars, racetracks, and pool rooms to watch for men who seem to be spending money too freely.
5: Good. Perfect. I never guess they're spending a little too much money is what we're waiting for.
7: like this nightclub, Cora?
8: We've sure been covering them all, haven't we, Red?
7: <laughs> That's me, Cora. Everything in a big way.
8: Yeah, but, Red, you've been cracking so many bangs. Every day, headlines in the papers.
7: <laughs> Rickard's so scared, he doesn't even dare leave our hideout.
8: He's pretty jealous, you know, Red. You taking me away from him. You
7: leave Rickett to me. Baby, I've got the biggest job yet lined up. A hundred thousand. Yeah? When? Christmas. At Christmas time, everybody gets presents. I figure maybe the uh, Charleston Trust'll want to give us a present.
8: Why do you always pick a holiday, Red?
7: <laughs> holidays are made for guys like me. On holidays, the uh, suckers stuff up with teki and guzzle booze. Right, they get slow and careless.
8: Gee, I never thought of that.
7: Booze makes them slip up and let themselves. Uh, uh, wait a waiter.
8: Oh,
7: yes, sir. to bring another bottle of that champagne over here. Huh? Coming, up sir.
8: You're spending your money awful fast tonight, Red. That's the way I make it, isn't it? Banks have lots of money, you know. Yeah, but you've been drinking a lot. You said tonight. When a man was drinking, he wasn't himself.
7: That's for other guys, not me. You couldn't tell by the way I talk I've had a drink. Here you are, sir. Impulsive champagne. You know, someday I'm going to take a bath in that stuff. (laughs) I wouldn't do that, sir. The bubbles tickle. (laughs) Quick on the trigger, ain't he? Pour it. Certainly, sir. Anything else, sir? Now, here, buy yourself a house for Christmas. Here, take it. Thank you, sir.
8: Yes, Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. You blown your top, Beaver? Giving that guy a century for a tip? Shut up and drink your champagne. Dames will crab all the time get on my nerves. You couldn't just slip the weight of the hundred. Oh, no, not you. You had to make a production of it. I said shut up. First thing you know, you... (laughs)
7: Don't you in that loose slip of yours, or I'll slap you again.
8: Now you've done it, you fool. That army sergeant saw you slap me.
7: Oh yeah, I eat army sergeants on toast. Oh, he's going to use that for an excuse to come over and meet you. Huh? Going to chisel in like I did to get you away from Rickett. <laughs> What's the matter? Something wrong? What's it to you? Can I do anything for you, Miss?
8: No, no, everything's all right. Hey. What was you
7: figuring on doing, Chum, if it hadn't been all right? Ah, take it easy, buddy. You've been celebrating a little too much. I suppose because you're in the army, you figure maybe I'm easy pickings, huh? Now, look, I don't want any trouble as long as the young lady says she's all right. Okay, I'm leaving. Oh, see so you're going to pull us Prince Charming stuff, huh? Put that gun away. This time, Sergeant, you ran into a tough customer. Oh, if you're so tough, why don't you join the army? We need some good fighters. Oh, the army, huh? I don't see you being so brave. And besides, I don't like the looks of an army uniform.
8: me. we got to get out of here.
3: Hey, how
7: long are we going to stay hauled up here in Cora's flat, Beaver? As long as I say so, Rickett. Stop playing that piano, Cora.
8: Sit down, Beaver. You're driving us nuts with that walk. Shut
7: up. If it wasn't for your nagging, this wouldn't have happened.
8: Can you beat that? Red gets a snoop full, blows his top, shoots an army sergeant, then tries to pin the rap on me.
7: Yeah, I didn't ought to be so quick with that rod, Beaver. You gonna start telling me how to operate? No, no, it ain't killing ready. comes pretty easy to me. Rickard, I'd remember that if I were you. The same goes for you, Cora. Now, what's that? It ain't a woodpecker. Let's see what it is, Cora? Open up in there. Cops. Stall them. Give us a chance to get out the back window onto the fire escape. If it's the cops, I'll blast them from there.
2: Open up, or we'll break in the door.
8: Take your time, boys. Take your time. Okay. What would you selling?
7: I'm Captain Morse of the Cincinnati Detectives. Mr. Hurley's a federal agent. So what? We're looking for a man who was seen coming into this building.
8: Why pick on me? Every man who comes in this building don't come up here,
5: unfortunately. Got the comedy. We know he's here. Step aside.
8: Hold it, copper. I'm old-fashioned. I don't let strange men into my apartment unless they've got search warrants. Really? Yeah. And that goes double for coppers.
7: Well, by an odd coincidence, I happen to have a search warrant. Right here.
8: Well... If you must come in... What
7: was that? Come on. Come back from that fire escape into the room again. With your arms up. We guessed if we came in the door, you gentlemen might go out the window, so I had a few of my men out there.
5: Smart guy, huh? I know one of them, Captain Morris Rickett. Rickett's an
7: old-time gangster. The redhead's a new one. I'm just an innocent bystander. The redhead is the one who shot the Army sergeant. You got nothing on me, Captain? No? We had all the nightclubs tipped off to report men who were spending money too freely. The waiter who waited on your table called us up. We examined the $100 bill you gave him as a tip. I want to see my lawyer. I don't blame you, Red. Suppose we go down to headquarters for a talk. And, uh, if I say no? Well, if you should say no, I'll tell you. You'd come along a good deal like this. Let's go, of me, copper. Let's go. Let's go, of me. Will you?
5: So Red Beaver started moving fast, Chief Chief Hopper. Yes, Commissioner. Red Beaver didn't know what had struck him until he was safe behind bars. But the crime history of Red Beaver had not yet reached its peak. Tonight
6: marks the first broadcast in this L.E. Waterman Company presentation of Gangbusters. And we're proud to have been able to select as chief investigator and commentator for these programs a man who has been a police officer for almost half a century and who last midnight resigned... After 11 years as police commissioner of the New York City Police Department, Louis J. Valentine, as head of the largest police force in the world, has made contacts with and influenced police procedure on a nationwide scale. Federal, state, and local police departments throughout the country know and respect Commissioner Valentine as being in the forefront of our constant war against crime. Gangbusters and the L.E. Waterman Company are proud that Commissioner Louis J. Valentine will act as chief investigator on these factual cases. Well, Commissioner Valentine, how does it feel to be facing a microphone? Frankly, Mr. Gardner, it's harder to face
2: than a gangster with a gun. But the L.E. Waterman Company has provided me with an opportunity to do something I've wanted to do for a long time. To me, gangbusters, which names names and states facts, is the ideal way to prove the folly of crime to those who might otherwise be led astray. And it's going to be my purpose to see that every program is pointed to bring about a
6: better, safer, happy America for all. Thank you, Commissioner. And now, in recognition of your never-ending fight against crime, the L.E. Waterman Company makes the year's first network presentation of its Waterman's Deluxe Pen and Pencil gift set to you, Commissioner. Commissioner. Thank you, Mr.
2: Gardner. It certainly is beautiful. But I already have a waterman set. One that was presented to me when I became a captain of police in this department 19 years ago. And I'd rather miss one of Mrs. Valentine's
6: home meals than lose that set. Well, Commissioner, I don't blame you. But we do want you to have this newest model waterman. Thanks, Mr. Gardner. I accept it gratefully. And I'll use them both. And now, Commissioner
5: Valentine, back to the case of Red Beaver. Chief Hopper, Red Beaver was in the Cincinnati prison. Yes, Commissioner Valentine. And it was 16 minutes before 9 on the evening of February 12th. Red Beaver lay sprawled in his bunk, watching water pouring from his wash basin to the cell floor. Finally, he walked over to the bars separating him from Doc Ricketts' cell.
7: Hi, Regan. Where's all the water coming from, Beaver? (laughs) I told you we'd break out of this joint. But if it's all the same to you, I'd rather walk out than swim out. Know what day today is, Regan? Sure. February 12th, so what? February 12th. Lincoln's birthday. What do you want we should do, eat birthday cake? Uh, You never heard what Lincoln did? He got himself shot. Is that what you're aiming for us to get? Yeah, but before he did, he, uh, freed the slaves. So? Today's Lincoln's birthday, so we'll do like him. We'll, uh, free the slaves. Us included. Just like that, huh? How? Plug up your base and let the water run on the floor. Why? Yours is running plenty. You're gonna start raising fish in there? But like I say. Okay, okay. Good. Now we'll wait a minute, and we call it God. Then what? We yell for a dry cell. While we're switching, we hit him over the head and make a break. How's the water coming? You could launch a ship in here now. Okay. Rattle a cup. God! God! Help! Help! Hey, we're guard. Get us hey, guard.
5: Reasoners Red Beaver and Doc Rickett have just held up the Second National Bank and are escaping Green 1940 Chrysler sedan License number 293-348 three, three, That is all To Kansas City Police To Kansas City Police Believe Killer Red Beaver and Pal Rickett are driving toward Kansas City These men are heavily armed suggest
7: roadblock. I can't stand this strain much longer, fever I'm cracking. Don't worry. We'll be all right here in Kansas City. But the whole country's looking for us. <laughs> I always do things in a big way, Rickard. But I tell you, Kansas City's safe. I got it all figured out. Roadblock up ahead. Where those rotten coppers are. Coppers all over the place. I'll run over them. I'll kill them. Hold on.
5: what's going on for days. This cop's shooting at us. Kansas City, FBI, Washington. Doc Rickett, companion of Red Beaver, was found hiding in Cellar in Kansas City. Rickett is now under arrest. Red Beaver escaped and is believed hiding in one of the southern states.
7: Hello?
8: Hello, Edwards?
7: Who? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, this is Edwards. That you, Helen?
8: Sure. Yeah,
7: wait a minute, let me sit down,
8: huh? You tired?
7: I'm just not used to this Texas weather yet. Mm-hmm.
8: How do you like it here in Amarillo?
7: Well, oh, that depends upon how well you like me, baby.
8: <laughs> but I haven't seen you very often.
7: I'll see you tonight. All
8: right.
7: Yeah, sure, we'll go to a club. at Wait a minute.
8: What's the matter? Hold
7: it. Can you beat that? Huh? <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> Two women out in the street, they bump cars. <laughs> Are they mad? Uh-oh. The little one's shoving the big one around. No, no the big one, she won't take it. Wow! <laughs> what
3: happened?
7: <laughs> the little one gives the big one a slap. Uh-oh, the cops seen them. Hey, this is a grandstand seat. <laughs> hey,
8: they're
7: looking up here at the window. They can see me laughing now. <laughs>
8: Say you're as good as a radio
7: fight announcer. <laughs> the cop's walking across the sidewalk toward my window here. This is a laugh. Why? If you only knew, sister. Hey, mister, you saw these two women bump cars, didn't you? Sure, I seen them, officer. I was looking right out the window here. Uh, which one was it Ah, uh, No, you don't. You don't get me between two dames, especially those dames. If one of them was cute, it might be different.
3: Hello? Hello? Uh,
7: wait a minute, baby. I'm talking to the cop here. Well, I guess I have to take him up to the station house. Will you uh, come up with me and tell what you saw? Now, wait a minute. I'm not going. Uh, Okay (laughs) Okay, sure, I'll go with you I'd be much obliged, if you would Sure, sure, I will Uh, Hello, sugar, I'll call you back later
3: All right, Edward
7: I gotta go see justice, Don Well, copper, lead the way I'll put on my hat and be right with you Uh, This is the gentleman I was telling you about, Captain Kirkman He was sitting in a window and saw the two women bump fenders
5: Oh, I appreciate your coming up to the station, huh? That's all right. Uh, what's
7: your name? Jack Edwards. Oh, I'm Captain Kirkman, and this is Captain King. I'm glad to meet you. Oh, uh, sit down, Mr. Uh, Edwards. Ah,
3: uh-huh.
7: uh, you've got a pretty good police station here at Amarillo, haven't you? Oh, it serves its purpose. You a stranger in Amarillo? I've been here a couple of months. Uh, you want me to tell you about those two women bumping cars, huh? <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes, but you don't happen to know a man by the name of Red Beaver, do you?
7: Uh, who?
5: Red Beaver.
7: He's an escaped convict and a killer. No, I never heard of him. What do you ask me? I was just
5: wondering, Red, that's all.
7: You call me Red. My name is Red. It's Jack. Jack Edwards. Oh, I see.
2: Here.
5: There's a wanted circular for Red Beaver for
2: desertion from the army and killing an army sergeant. I don't know what you're talking about. detectives standing back to you all have their guns out, Red. No, no, no.
7: No, I I didn't kill nobody. It wasn't me. I I didn't kill him. Uh, What a sucker I am. Yes, you are. All police officers have been on the lookout for you. think of me ending up here did them two dames that bumped their cars, I could
5: bump them off. Didn't figure it might be a little plant to get you up here without any shooting. And I thought I was smart.
7: Me, me, Red Beaver, being took in by this one-horse joint. I didn't kill that guy, though. No. We'll leave that to the United States Army, Beaver. They're asking for you. No, 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 look, I, I'll do anything. I'll tell you anything you want to know, but don't let the Army get a hold of me. Don't, 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 don't let the Army get a hold of me, please.
2: Detail.
5: Harry Red Beaver, as convicted by a court martial at Fort Sill, you will, on this morning of September 26, 1944, be hanged by the neck until dead. Harry Beaver, have
2: you anything to say? No.
7: No, I guess I ain't going
2: May God rest your soul.
5: And, Commissioner Valentine, at 6.37 a.m., 20 minutes later, Harry Red Beaver was dead. Executed by the United States Army. Chief Hopper... This has been a terrific case tonight,
2: one I doubt that we will ever forget. I wish that
5: every person in this country might have heard it. Yes, Commissioner Valentine. To Red Beaver, the men in the uniform of their country were suckers. He knew better. He knew how to get easy money. But it didn't turn out that way.
6: And it never does. And now, before we present our urgent last-minute bulletins on persons wanted by the authorities at this very moment, the case of Red Beaver is over. But the case of the missing words remains a mystery to millions of Americans. Their only clue is the peculiar behavior of a fountain pen, a pen that sometimes writes on and on without ever seeming to run dry. And then again, it seems out of ink almost before it starts. The reason is that in the first instance, the pen was filled with Waterman's wonderful blue-black ink and thus gave thousands of extra words. The second time, however... A different ink had been used, and fewer words resulted. This tremendous difference, ladies and gentlemen, is because Waterman's blue-black is all ink, true ink. No solvents, no added chemicals, no dilution. That's why, by actual test, Waterman's blue-black ink gives you up to 6,500 more words per filling. Think of it. Up to 6,500 more words per filling than other inks tested. Now you can cut those messy pen-filling chores perhaps in half. Now you can write steadily for hour after hour after hour without pausing to refill your pen. And all you have to do is to make every filling a Waterman's filling. Yes, you can solve your own case of the missing words forever with Waterman's blue-black ink. And remember, Waterman's ink is also available in seven other pleasing and distinctive colors. All come in the convenient tip-fill bottle. Each, only ten cents. Now, gangbusters nationwide clues. Chief R.F. Wurstner, Dayton, Ohio Police Department, announces a reward of $8,500 is being offered for return of two-and-a-half-year-old baby Ronald Thompson and conviction of his kidnapper. Here is description given gangbusters by Dayton police of alleged kidnapper.
5: Woman known as Mary Wilkie, 40 to 45 years old, 5 feet 6 inches, about 150 pounds, ruddy complexion, reddish brown hair, believed hennet, brushed back and up, speaks with slight accent, possibly southern or eastern. Pleasing personality, renew vigilance for this woman. Reward now offered by Dayton, Ohio Police, $8,500.
6: From Denver, Colorado Police, urgent bulletin concerning suspect wanted for questioning in connection with murder of J.A. Richardson, that city. Suspect described as follows.
3: Andrew
5: Syphus, alias Jack Wood, alias William Hammond, 36, 5 feet 6 inches, about 150 pounds, dark hair, brown eyes. When last seen, according to police, wore khaki shirt or jacket with bloodstain on right shoulder and sleeve, where he supposedly was shot in struggle with victim, suspect believed to have left scene of crime in company of woman in green Pontiac sedan, bearing Los Angeles license ending in numerals 8, 0, watch for Andrew Syphus, wanted for questioning, murder, Denver Police Department. If you
6: have any information concerning these clues, notify your local police, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or gangbusters at once. Now here is Commissioner Valentine.
2: Next week, gangbusters will present the case of the red evening dress. It's about a girl
6: and her love for a killer. Remember, next week same time, same station, one of the most unusual cases Gangbusters has ever presented. In the meantime, when you are buying a fountain pen or when you are buying ink, just look for the name (coughs) Waterman. Gangbusters Factual Case Histories is a Phillips H. Lord production. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
4: We're back with Old Time Radio Essentials. This is Dave with Paul and Pete. That was an episode of Gangbusters called I Can't say this with a straight face. The case of Harry Red Beaver, originally broadcast December 22nd, 1953, by the American Broadcasting Company, or ABC. Paul, dude, this was your selection. Why, in the name of all that is good, true, and holy, why did you choose it? I got to know. (laughs) I thought it'd be good for a laugh, so. (laughs) Uh I thought we were playing
1: a little too grown up with that whole Shakespeare bit, so I figured, you know, we need to be a little bit more juvenile. (laughs) And I just found it fascinating listening to this episode. It's like how some terms are just so different when given the lens of time, you know? No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. I mean, I mean, come on. Let's call this episode Harry Red Beaver. Can you imagine that nowadays, somebody coming up and going, Hey, I got an idea for our T V show. Let's call this episode Harry Red Beaver. I don't think so. <laughs> uh,
0: I, no, no, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. So, no, no, I'd no. like to know if that was his real name or if they changed it from something else. That's <laughs> him. His, <laughs> what? his name was really Sam Jones, you know, but they changed it to right. Harry Red Beaver. <laughs> just, <laughs> what's funny is a, this: this show just,
1: ran for like 21 years, you know. Yeah, and. It had spinoffs in comic books, in books, a TV show. It had movies. a couple of movies and everything. Yeah. And the, it's the like role a, playing the first game. episode <laughs> had to do with John Dillinger. Big name in crime. Sure. Big name in yeah. crime, John Dillinger. The second yeah. episode, I think, had to do with uh, Babyface Nelson. Another big name in crime. Right I think around the upper 80s they started kind of petering out with the really good crime names and came up with
0: the Harry
1: red
3: fever. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: So 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 aside from the name Paul what what, what do you think about the episode? It was oh I thought it was it was funny
1: and you know, I know they weren't really trying to be. It, I couldn't help it. It was funny. Um, the opening, my God, the opening was so in your face with the squealing tires and the guns and the sirens and that. It wasn't exactly what you would call subtle. No. You know, but it gets gets its point across. And I'm sorry, but if you're interviewing or even pretending to interview actual People who are in law enforcement, maybe get a stand-in actor to play <laughs> them because Commissioner Valentine. Oh, I'm gonna guess this was probably live radio, and you get someone who's not an actor in there, and oh my God, I would love to use your pen. <laughs> You know, it was, but made me feel like a good actor for God's sake, and that's <laughs> not easy.
3: <laughs>
1: but uh, it was, it was an interesting story. Now, if you listen, I was looking all over the stinking place trying to find the cast for this episode, and I couldn't yeah. find them anywhere. Yeah,
4: no, you know? no mention and, of them in the credits at all. Yeah, no. No.
1: And so I was listening to it, and. Uh, uh, the guy who played Harry Red Beaver um, I think it was Dan Duryea. If you know Dan Duryea, He was always playing the bad guy because yeah, He, he, was always, he, he usually kind of played a, the heavy we, yeah. kind, of kind of Weasley kind of bad guy If you ever saw a great movie called Ball of Fire It had uh, Barbara Stanwyck And Gary Cooper in it Well they, they get mixed up with the mob and one of the guys there, his his name is uh, Pastrami. <laughs> and it was Dan Duryea who was playing Pastrami in this. And so, yeah, I'm like, oh, that voice sounds familiar. So I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure. But I think it was Dan Duryea, which would be really coincidental if it was Dan Duryea because I'm from Peoria. The Duryea vehicle, which was – Questionably, the first actual automobile in history was built in Peoria, Illinois, and we have a Duryea Street here in Illinois, or in Peoria, to honor Mr. Durier.
4: Wow. Somehow be, those two related, but you that know. That may be one of the most obscure connective tissue references I have ever freaking heard. I like that, like God, yeah. M. Damn. That was that was loose. That was That, was very, very <laughs> that loose. is very freaking That is loose as the hairy red beaver. Stop with yourself. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> it might have been Dan Duryea because uh, uh now that you mention it, and he was in uh, uh High Sierra with Ida Lupino and Harry Bogart, uh, Humphrey Bogart. Harry, Harry, I was saying Harry got Harry on the yeah. brain. Humphrey uh, Bogart. <laughs> Harry Red Bogart. Harry Red Bogart. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, <laughs> too funny! Oh man. So,
4: so okay, what, what, what about you, Pete? <laughs>
0: Why well, you no, well, well, you're, you come next? You tell me.
4: I, oh, okay. I because I've got a lot to say about this episode. Say it. Say it. Uh, Go for so it. Go first, for first it. of all, the banter. Right off the bat, as soon as the script kicks in, we start getting actors acting instead of people telling us true crime case stories. We got, "You're a snappy looking number." It's like, <laughs> "Yeah, you are, Cora. Yeah, you, you like are." like my dress? Snappy looking number. And then, and then, oh no, that's Red Beaver. He's dynamite. It's like, what is? What is that? Is is that good? What is he? Dynamite? Is that bad? I was like, wow, and so much weirdness. There was like their <laughs> first robbery; they get away with seven thousand yeah. dollars, and it's Woo-hoo! like, wow, big haul. And I was at the end when they're offering the rewards in the real true crime tips. Uh, the reward for the, the the kidnapped kid, the reward was eighty five hundred, yeah, which was more than they got on the bank robbery. <laughs> more than like, <laughs> what the Beaver got on his first bank robber So, so I was like, okay, fine. And then the FBI guy saying. Wow, wearing Halloween costumes during the bank robbery is a stroke of genius, quote-unquote. <laughs> really? Wearing Halloween costumes is a stroke of genius? Holy crap. Um, I, want, I, I have a question. How does the waiter know that taking a bath in champagne has ticklish bubbles? How does the waiter know this information? <laughs> when, when, when Red says, I want to take a bath, he says, oh, no, sir, the bubbles tickle. How do you know that, man? I,
0: I don't well. think I heard that. I, I must have missed that line. <laughs> been, uh, it's
1: he was, he was waiting there a long time. and yeah, You know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Some nights after New Year's, there's a lot of leftover bubbly. Champagne. And then <laughs> the waiter just fills up a tub, tub it. and
4: settles in. It's like, ooh, ticklish yeah, bubbles. That okay. must be it. <laughs> Um plot holes like uh, I, I clearly they are adapting these stories to script and they're filling in some blanks because it's like the cops show up to Cora's apartment with a search warrant. How do they know Red's in the apartment? And if they have a why didn't they pick him up on the street? I mean if they know he's there, why bust in like that? It's I don't understand. The well, the lot logic...
1: waste too much time because it's only a half hour show.
4: Okay. All right, fair. I can I can, I can let that go. Um <laughs> so so spilling water into your jail cell is a cunning jailbreak? This is oh, the God, key. Yes. That goes back hundreds of years. I don't know. I'm making it up. I was gonna say you've got to be BSing me. There is no. We're we're gonna pour water onto our cell room floor, and when they come in, we're gonna hit them over the head and make a break for it. And okay, and then after this cunning plan, their solution to a police roadblock is to drive through it. They're gonna drive Drive through through it and shooting. And shooting. Yes, it's like (laughs) okay. I'm sorry. I'm. The cops just didn't expect that at all. Yeah, okay, fine. You're missing
1: the subtle details here, Dave. He was driving through it and shooting. I guess,
4: (laughs) I guess. But the, the coup de grace was the finale when it turns out that the police, in order to lure Red to the police station without violence, contrived to have two women get into a car accident outside of his room And then say, Oh, you saw everything. Would you come down to the police station, sir? And he does. Dude deserves to go to jail. Oh my God. (laughs) The cunning. Oh, wow. And then, and then finally, the notion that ink. Can have six thousand five hundred more words. Statistically, somebody <laughs> did that. They wrote down six thousand five hundred more words it's with not my the ink. ink.
0: It's the pen. It's the no, no. Pen. no it no, was the no, ink. See, this was the was ink. The, oh, okay, it was the it was ink. their
4: I'm blue black actual right. ink. Nothing yes. added. Pure ink. Okay. That means you can write. And I quote: Our after hour, after hour, and it's like, really? Is this a selling point that I can write for hours and get writer's cramp? Crippling writer's cramp with your ink? Yeah. I'm sorry, that is not a selling point. I'm suing the Waterman Company for yeah. writer's cramp. <laughs> exactly! I'm crippled because of your ink, it's your fault! Um, <laughs> it's right in my hand! The, the, the sound effects were adequate. Um... But there's some things in the script in general that I had problems with. Uh, uh, Case in point, uh, when the cops bust in uh, uh, the first time uh, and and, and Red says, well, what happens if I say no and I don't want to come in? And the cop says, if you say no, you'll come in like this. (laughs) And we hear nothing other than Red saying, no, no, I'm not going in, you can't take me. And it's like, what is he doing? I have no idea. you, give us a clue. Give us a scuffle. He's wrestling stuff. the beaver. Wrestling the beaver. Exactly. <laughs> there's in in Gangbusters in general. There seems to be you know there's this old rule of writing show don't tell, and with Gangbusters in general, and I've listened to a couple of episodes of Gangbusters, so I know whereof I speak. Um, the real interesting stuff, they they cut away to like the jailbreak. You know, we don't see the jailbreak. All we hear is these two gentlemen are on the run driving this vehicle with this license plate, be on the lookout, and several times, they, they cut away from the really interesting action and go to voiceover. It's like, yes, and they escaped and doing this and blah, 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 and it's like, but the interesting, you know, running the roadblock, we didn't actually hear the roadblock is that they've run the roadblock and we found this guy in a cellar later on. Uh, you know. I like yet, his voice when he does that. Yeah, and yet, at the end, they play the hanging, the, the the single thing that has absolutely no audio, but we're gonna run that scene all the way through to the end. It's like to show you crime doesn't pay. Yes, um, and then yeah, I had the same comment about Commissioner Valentine. Holy crap, uh, that that dude was not ready to be on radio at all. Give the boy, it's, uh, yeah, about not ready for primetime players. Yeah, so you know, definitely an interesting experience, but I, I have questions and issues. <laughs> I hear you, Pete. What about you?
0: Well, I agree with all of the stuff you said, Dave and Paul. It's a uh, um, to me, this episode was full of cliches and tropes, and Ooh, and and the whole slightly. thing from start to finish seemed like a, a, a bad play. That was done in somebody's high school or junior high <laughs> um, um, with bad dialogue. It was written by a teacher for <laughs> for her drama class to do. <laughs> Especially yeah. Commissioner Valentine was like oh the principal God. who came in to read those lines. <laughs> he wanted
4: to be a star.
1: Standing there with a the piece of paper in his Oh my
0: God. Yes. Um, oh. Now I looked up Commissioner Valentine. Now this is a real guy, right? He His was really be. the commissioner of. Uh, they say the largest police force, but they didn't identify the city. He was he was the commissioner of New York police force. Wow! Uh, from Whoa. I looked him up. He, he was from 1935 to 1944, uh, so or, or something like that, eleven years. Um, wow! So. He retired or resigned. You know, in the show they say he resigned, and it you know that sounds kind of negative that he resigned. But he yeah. had he was on the job for eleven years, and he just felt that it was time for him to leave. Uh, um, and he was <laughs> offered a salary of forty five thousand dollars a year to be on Gangbusters, whereas wow. his wow. his salary for being commissioner was only $12,500 a year. Jesus so here Lord. he is making Four $30 more, $30,000 more per year to be on Gangbusters, and, and, and it didn't matter to them that he couldn't act.
4: That he sucked. He was like...
0: <laughs> because my favorite line, my favorite line, well, my second favorite line, I'll tell you my first favorite line in a minute. My second favorite line was, I would rather miss... One of Mrs. Valentine's,
4: Valentine's home dinners.
0: meals, <laughs> then to stop writing with this Waterman pen,
4: and that was like, oh my god! Yes, that that sealed that sealed the deal for me. Really, That's really it. horrible, horrible stuff. Painful,
0: there, a little painful. Uh, but the the what isn't told is that he took this job in 1945. And then he was asked to go to Japan and and reorganize the Japanese civilian police in 1945. And he returned in December 1946, and he died. Oh, my God. He passed away in 1946. So he had this job paying $45,000 a year for less than a year before he passed away. Wow. And it's like, wow. It doesn't say how he died. The story I read in the New York Times um COVID. It doesn't Jeez. say how he how he died, but he just passed away in nineteen forty five. But here's the thing he joined the New York Police Department in uh nineteen oh three and Ooh, worked his way a, up to commissioner
4: that's after thirty
0: years service. And he was a Damn. favorite of Mayor LaGuardia. Because it it seemed like LaGuardia was mayor and was was firing commissioner after commissioner. But but then Valentine comes in and he's a cop's cop and he did his job and fired a bunch of corrupt cops and really improved the 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 police department and made it uh, um, something to be proud of uh but then you know he he has the job for eleven years and says, Okay, time for me to leave these These guys are offering me you know three times my 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 other salary to be on the radio, and then he's gone a year later. It's just really sad,
4: yeah. really sad. life is short life is short sees Carpe diem y'all,
0: yeah, so seriously, Carpe really diem. really weird uh okay, so I'm gonna tell you my first favorite line in the Please. show. Yes. <laughs> Harry Red Beaver, do you have anything to say in your defense?
3: <laughs> there
0: he is on the gallows, right? <laughs> Harry Red Beaver. Do you have any final
4: no no do you have any final words? <laughs> no, no. no. You you're gonna die, but go ahead and try and mount your defense now. Yeah. I didn't yeah. mean it. <laughs> I was just kidding. So yeah.
0: <laughs> sorry. All right. So there yeah. it is.
4: Okay. This
0: was all right. The ultimate in corny. The ultimate in in a uh, uh, really really tired plot points. You got the girl, the woman who is
1: oh god, Jesus trying came. to
0: be you know hey uh, now, a, hey a, a, a gun maul to hairy red beaver. And he beats (laughs) her, and he treats her like crap, and she still defends him because he's got that red
4: hair. He's
0: got that red
1: hair. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, I was not impressed with this episode. I've heard better ones for
4: sure. All right. Well, then how about we vote? Okay. You guys ready to vote? Yeah. All right. So. What are we voting on, dear listener? Allow me to elaborate. As a reminder, we are voting on A, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and two, (laughs) whether or not it is a standalone show that belongs in every Radio Aficionado's collection. And again, Paul... This was your uh, selection, Um, so you go first. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) See, and with that blurred background, you just look positively angelic, so please give forth thy wisdom, Paul, of the blurred background. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So
1: (laughs) I look at it this way. Somebody who is just starting off in – Old-time radio. And Mm -hmm. they don't know what to expect. They don't know all, you know, the horses that have been beat to death and everything. (laughs) All the tropes, all the cliches. You know, they could start here for a little while. But you got to remember, this thing ran for 21 years. I find it really hard to believe that, you know, that was, I'll admit, I did not listen to every episode that they have. (laughs) Yeah. and, but I find it really hard to believe that a high watermark of this show was Harry Beep, <laughs> you know? And because, like you said, you know, all the rehashing that they did, it's like, oh my God, can we hear it done that way anymore? Ah. You know? And so it was corny, it was poorly done in a lot of places. I, the one thing I did love, they did the radio sound effect. Wing, wing. I can't remember how it went, but I'm like, holy crap! Did anybody ever see the movie? uh, What was it? Uh, Captain? Was it Captain Midnight? The one with Jude Law? Where it was supposed to be like set in the twenties, but it was all like CGI. He flew a plane and everything.
4: Oh, Sky Captain and the, Captain in the World of Tomorrow.
3: Captain.
1: Yeah, Sky Captain. Because they used the same sound effect in that movie when the <laughs> robots <laughs> were communicating. Holy crap, that sounds familiar. That's that's, and the, that's some, the ubiquitous. radio some signal some funny there. things yeah. in there. If you didn't take it too seriously, if you just went in to laugh at the idea of it being Harry Red Beaver, <laughs> well, then it it okay. did its job. I, I've, I've got a pool like laughing at the other people who, you know, weren't actors and going, oh, yes, I would like not miss my wife's dinner. Like you were saying, Pete, your second favorite line. And yeah. so it was entertaining if you could really turn your brain off.
4: So was so, it representative of the series? Yes or no? Ah! Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> okay. And is it collectible? It could be. It depends on how much you want to snicker. Does this belong in every radio aficionado's collection, Paul? Oh, hell yeah. No. I vote? Yeah. No, okay. All right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. No. Unless you really
1: want something just really kind of kitschy and just kind of like, you know, I, I, I like things that aren't really all that good. There are people out there who do like
4: things that aren't all that good.
1: And this would be perfect for them.
4: Oh, this, is, this is episode 28 of OTR Essentials, okay? Um, there is no equivocation accommodations in the rules of voting for no unless you like kitsch. It's yes or it's no, man. Yes or no. Damn it! Damn it! All right, No. All right, there we go. Pete, what about you, man?
0: <laughs> to me, this is a throwaway. You know, it just like it was, <laughs> yeah, the the yeah. acting was horrible, the dialogue was terrible, the uh, uh, the guy who was the actual police commissioner was laughable <laughs> on the air. I was embarrassed oh. for him. the The announcer comes in as if it comes, you know, follows up with with the police commissioner's. Terrible delivery, as if he was a professional actor. So that was kind of a, a, a nice thing. He was being nice. The announcer being was nice. being nice, you know.
4: Yes, I'll he pretend you made good delivery.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but uh, to me, this was just uh, terrible. Really horrible <laughs> uh, uh, episode of Gangbusters. I've heard a few, yeah. and 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 just it, if you.
4: Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can't actually see this, but he's, he's flinching. He's holding his head like it's about to split open. He looks
0: like he is in
4: actual pain. To me, yes. the only good thing
0: about the show is the title. <laughs> <laughs> I say it, Paul. You say it the best of all of us. Very red people. That's my <laughs> Kilgursley voice.
4: Now, actually, I have, I have a, I have, a, I've been doing a running tally because I knew this would be the case. I've been. Counting how many times Paul says Harry Red Beaver. How many? Uh, we're up to eighteen. I,
0: oh, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. So yeah. to me, this is unfortunately a true representative installment of the overall series. <laughs> okay. But it is definitely not uh, collectible. <laughs> so it is not All a standalone right. show that belongs in every radio aficionado's collection. It's just <laughs> just really
4: on Un- collectible, yes, is the opposite of collectible. <laughs> um, I, I, I. So, when when each of us hands out our selections, when we make our selections and, and it's approved, And we hand out links to the the actual audio so we can all listen to it. Um, I had clicked the link that Paul had sent, and through some bizarre fluke of circumstance. I ended up not listening to this episode. I listened to a completely different episode, wondering why did they call this episode Harry Red Beaver? Because there's no Harry Red Beaver in this episode. So I have actually listened to two Gangbusters episodes back to back, and I can say unequivocally, this is absolutely representative of the Gangbusters series, because not only was the same production values, the same weird, kludgy, uh, uh, tell-don't-show uh, uh, script elements and adaptations But in the episode I listened to The crook got caught And escaped jail So it's like holy crap Is this a theme as well uh, I don't know But uh, at least that one That guy pole vaulted over the wall Rather than Ooh, letting oh my the God. water I know right he was an athlete Yeah so I can say unequivocally Yes this is definitely Representative of the series and Every I read pole vaulting. See, and that counts. I'm going to put that at 18 and a half. That's 18 and a half. Here we go. Uh, but his last name was Beard. So I was waiting for some sort of tie-in with Beard and Beaver, and it just never happened. Harry um, red Beard Beaver. <laughs> beard Beaver. I didn't know what was coming. Uh, is it collectible? God, no. Under no circumstances. There was nothing redeemable about this. Uh, uh, nothing to distinguish it, I think, from from anything else out there uh, uh, in any way, shape, or form. So in the final tally... Once again, and this is, this is unprecedented, I think, in the history of this. Twice in a row, gentlemen, we are in complete agreement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all agree it is representative of the series, unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately. Uh, because is it collectible? A resounding, echoing, and definitive, oh, hell no. No. Uh, is, <laughs> no. <laughs> so there we go. The we are, is, have an accord. The
1: question is, being this bad... How the hell did it run 21 years? It spawned comic books, books, uh, a TV series, and two movies. I'm just hoping the production value is better on the other
4: stuff. Look, the aesthetic, I mean, honestly, the the audiences, I mean, Audiences grow more sophisticated with each generation, as as media and the stories that media shares become more sophisticated, more uh, uh, intricate, more evolved. Uh, the audience's expectations rise with it, uh, and so consequently, this was this was this was like the National Enquirer, I think. This was this was you know <laughs> lurid pulp fiction. You know, we, we're going to show you the hanging. On radio but you know there you go (laughs) and at the end there's real crime tips that you average citizen can help make America safe and so I think all of that you know drawing in I think that's what what brought people back and then once you get a certain level of adoption and investment on the part of the culture then it starts taking on it I, I don't think the content mattered anymore. Once it reached that zeitgeist, that, that event horizon of, wow, everybody, we're episode 80, so it's gangbusters. That's what became the, the platform for all the other spinoffs and stuff.
0: True, and and I have to say, let me interrupt that for just a second. Paul described the uh, opening sequence with the, the police whistle and the sirens and the, the shooting and, and the yep. screaming and all that. That I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase "come in like gangbusters."
4: Mm-hmm. That's
0: where that comes from. Is yeah, it was in your face. It was yep. uh, lurid, like 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 Dave said. It was exciting, and people listened to it because it was something that they themselves may not have been experiencing in their lives. So why yeah. why is Weekly World News so popular? Why is National Enquirer so popular? It's because people want to have that lurid life to to kind of uh uh, uh compare their own lives to. So yeah. You need to know about so. the alien Elvis baby.
3: <laughs> exactly.
4: And 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 who is, you know, Angelina Jolie sleeping with or whatever, you know, whatever whatever the whatever the, the latest tabloid sensation is. That poor woman. And I have to
0: say, I own a Waterman pen, and it's high quality. So I was it is. wondering, I was wondering, and and Waterman pens nowadays are very high up there in 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 the in pen scale uh, um, um, in in terms of like it's the Rolex of
4: fountain pens. So Dude, my friend James got one as a gift, and it includes this incredible, almost purple prose description of the incredible gift you have just been received of having a Waterman pen. My God, put this on an altar. It is so sublime <laughs> as pens go. And it's this whole ad copy that's like, I bought the pen. You don't need to sell me anymore. But here we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Wow. So so it may not have been the same level in
4: 1945 <laughs> that it is they today. They sure think they are.
1: According to the
0: advertisement. Wow, big bucks back then. Big
3: bucks.
0: (sighs) So what's next, Paul?
1: Well, folks, this brings us to the end (laughs) of episode 28, or if you live in a parallel universe, episode 3 of season 3 with Pete Lutz, Dave Robinson, and me, Paul RBC. We're very happy you joined us, and in looking at our highly technical Excel spreadsheet, I see that next month is Pete's choice.
0: What do you have for us, Sparky? I'm so glad you asked me that question, Pauly. Next month, I'm handing the reins over to one of our listeners, an old buddy of mine, Rick, from junior high and high school days, whom I believe will be bringing us an episode of the Bob Hope Show.
4: Dude, that's awesome. That's very cool. will will, Will your buddy be joining us on the show?
0: I believe he will be taking part in our rollicking, highly skilled, and technically pertinent discussion. Wow.
4: Wow. That, that's some serious uh, thesaurus action right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Okay. Technically pertinent. Okay. Well, anyhow. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's about time to wrap up. So Dave, Pete, tell the masses what they need to know.
4: Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe on Apple or any other podcatcher you may use by searching under Mutual Audio Network and or Narada Radio Company.
0: Please follow us on the Twitter at Essentials Old. If you want to suggest a future episode, write us at f6.3 at gmail.com. That's the letter F, the number six, the word point, P-O-I-N-T, and the number three at gmail.com. Put the word essentials in the subject line. Remember, friends, we're always happy
1: to hear from our listeners, so please do send us feedback and suggestions. And if you didn't catch our email when Pete spelled it out, even he did it so many times, you had to get it. But even if you didn't, rewind and listen again, or just look for it in the show notes. Are you bitter? Don't be bitter, Paul. He's bitter. I'm not bitter. He's bitter. Oh, by the way, we're
0: at 19. Harry Red Beaver. <laughs> and even 20. And if you'd like to be a guest programmer, it's so easy. Just send 75 cents and two box tops from packages of starched wheat cereal. I love starched wheat. Starched wheat, the groaning cereal. And let us know which episode from which series you'd like to discuss with us. Or just send us an email. Okay, I think it's high time we wrap things up, don't you? Thanks, oh Dave. God. Thanks, Polly. <laughs> and friends, please join us next month for another fun installment of Old Time Radio Essentials. Bye-bye for now.
3: <laughs> <Toodles>.
0: <laughs> Happy New <laughs> Year! <Toodles. laughs>
4: And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency. Get comfortable and listen.
0: How does he make his voice do that?
4: (laughs) That's awful buttery. I know, it's buttery. (laughs) My my signature
0: trademark. And two (laughs) box tops from packages. And let us know which episode you from... (laughs) Let me do that again. <laughs> Blah. Wait a minute. 63 Audio.
3: This is
0: Mutual.
1: Thank you for listening to Monday Matinee right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual feeds, including Tuesday Terrors for Horror, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Thursday Thrillers for action, adventure, mystery, and crime drama, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike, and Sunday Showcase bringing you the very newest in audio releases for the week from our United Artists of Audio, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network.
3: Listening and imagining together.